hamster with a blunt penknife would do it quicker. Welcome back to uh, Hamster with a Blunt Penknife, the Doctor Who commentary podcast. Fourth time visitor? Third time visitor. Third time visitor. Mark. Third, I think. Is it? Yes, third. Hang on, what have we done? I'm not even going to say your name yet. Uh, Android Invasion. Yeah. Um, Smith and Jones. Yes. And Keys of Marinus. Keys of Marinus. Fourth time visitor, Mark hey. Rawlings. Say hello, Mark. Hello. Yeah, it just sounds weird when you say it on your own. <laughs> yes, it does. I'm used to hearing a chorus of two voices going, hello! Yeah, but yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Uh... Well, that's a really a very nice way of um, talking about To Watch Who, your own podcast, which we've talked about before, but for the benefit of anyone that may not have listened to To Watch Who and may not have heard our episodes before, I can't believe those people exist. But what is To Watch Who? Uh, so it's myself and my friend Sarah watching through Doctor Who in order. Um, but my friend Sarah has never seen Doctor Who before. So she has no idea what's coming up from story to story. I've been a fan for a long time. So I, you know, obviously I know when things happen. So uh, we were talking the other day. She has no idea if we're in the middle of Patrick Troughton at the moment. She has no idea when he's going to leave. It's I... soon, isn't it? When you, <laughs> we've, got, actually, we've got a what have you couple just of done? stories left. You've just done, you've just we... put out the mind robber. Mind robber, yeah. Yeah, so we watched the Crotons the other day, um, and she has no idea what's coming up. So when we get to the War Games, oh, wow. I'm not saying anything. So it's quite it's quite fun in that way that uh, I mean, you get to sort of see her reactions. You and I love the War Games, obviously. That's a great story. But as, the, as a non-Doctor Who fan, to watch 10 episodes of one story, now I remember how she struggled with Dalek's master plan. Oh um, yes. Yeah. We'll do we'll do five and five. We'll yeah. have to split that one up. I yeah. wasn't for one second suggesting you sit her in front of all ten episodes of the war games in one day. We've got to get through the space pirates first. That's gonna oh, be a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, 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 she... hang on. Because Sarah has a habit of championing uh less popular stories. The Keys of Marinus, the Underwater Menace. Anymore? Yes, she has enjoyed them, hasn't she? The Space Museum. Yes, that these, was a surprise. These are some of yeah. her favourites. <laughs> <laughs> when she really liked Enemy of the World, I was like, oh, thank God she actually likes a good one. <laughs> oh, I think yeah, everyone likes that one, yeah. I'd be mm. very disappointed if she didn't like that one. But it is... It I, I is. Mean, do you know what? I'm really intrigued to see, because I don't think she knows the Order of the Doctors. So when we get to the third Doctor... I'd be very interested to see what she thinks because I don't think she really realises who who's who. <laughs> when you get to uh, season eight and Pertwee is like peak prick, I mean that's just exactly gonna be, her reaction to that is going to be just brilliant. Yeah. Um, well, it is it is absolutely one of my favourite podcasts out there. You guys are terrific together. Um, you you come with like tons of knowledge and trivia and just the best i think the best like stories from my past i've heard on any <laughs> there's a lot of my childhood in in these in our episodes if anyone uh, wants to least... listen to one of these go find our nine one be praised episode all about um darling invasion verse 2150 ad where mark recounts the story of the hotel from hell <laughs> Uh, and we just basically laugh at how he was tortured. 
Um, no, I'm still not over that. And and Sarah is just like just pure charisma, isn't she? She's just a delight. Um, so everybody, go stop listening to this and go listen to Do Watch Who. Um, but we're, what are we going to be talking about today, Mark? So we are talking about the three doctors. Oh, the anniversary special, the first one. First one, yes. And, and um, uh, yeah, hmm. uh, I, I wouldn't say it's like my ultimate favourite, but it's it's an interesting one to to watch and discuss. I think. I think it's probably my least favourite of that season, but I still love it. I just it's it's really bad, but I love it. Like like every Doctor Who, there's lots of stuff to love, even when it doesn't quite come together. Oh yeah, I love I like I love all Doctor Who. I would never like not watch it or say, but obviously some are better than others. I think when fans watch stuff like this, mm. um, you either yeah you either sort of complain about how sort of bad it is, or you just love it and enjoy it. I sometimes am a bit of a sort of a what if. I'm always like, oh, what if they did this? Oh, if only they did it. Like the five doctors, if only Tom Baker took oh, part. Okay, got you. What if this? Day of the Doctor, if, oh, if Chris Freckleston was oh, there. I... And this one, I'm like, oh, if William Hartnell had been like had in it more, yeah. I'm a bit of a sort of what if person on these. So I still enjoy it. What if Robert Holmes had written the five doctors? What if Colin Baker had never been sacked and Andrew Cartmell was script editing Colin Baker? Exactly. I think it's fun to, I'm not complaining about stuff, but it's just fun to, to wonder, oh, if only this had happened. Uh, so I think that's the sort of view that I'm going into this one with. Well, I can't wait to hear your what ifs. Shall we skip along into episode one? Yep. Let's go. Okay. I'm salivating here. In five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Oh, mine paused a little bit. Never mind. Yeah, here we are. Um, so, uh, what is it again that that Sarah thinks the title sequence looks like? <laughs> um, it's it's a bit vaginal sometimes. See, I've said that to a few <laughs> people now. My friend Tim, he disagreed with me very strongly, and said it doesn't look like a vagina. Um, my friend Pete um, said he's not seen many, which provoked a lot of conversation. Um, so thanks, Sarah. I'm learning about everyone's sex life because of your <laughs> opinion of the title sequence. <laughs> Okay. It's a bit of a drab opening, this, isn't it? Like Well it it is, but it's sort of where are we? Third season of, of John Pat. I think viewers are sort of used to this sort of countryside, something's happening, you've got a local invent yeah. finding something. It's um it's the format now, isn't it? What is uh, the Mr. point Ollis? of this character? Like, what does he do in this? <laughs> He has the punchline at the end where he's like, oh, you'd never believe me. Dinner ready? And that's about all he does. He's like, but in I terms do, of like yeah. impacting the plot, what does he do? No, yeah, nothing at all. He's <laughs> just... Unit Jeep. Okay, so let's count the cliches of the era. But a unit Jeep. Yeah, we We've got something sinister occurring in the home counties. Yeah. <clears throat> Who is that in that Jeep? Oh, no, that's... Uh, that's... Tyler. That's the guy. He's collecting his weather balloon. That's right. Why is he going in a massive Land Rover? Uh, well, I don't. He's, he's sciencey, isn't he? He's probably. Just a tad. 
Okay, so I'm going to ask you a question just going into this. What is your opinion of the John Perry era as a whole? You know, it changes quite a lot. I think it takes a bit of time to get into it. Uh huh. Um, so, because when I first started watching Doctor Who, those those nineties repeats, there seemed to be a lot of John Pertwee. Whoever chose those repeats must have been a fan of John Pertwee. So when I was younger, he really was the Doctor. He was the nineties Doctor. He was a sort of hero, and you sort of looked up to him. And he was well, he was the guy. Now I'm a bit older. I do think he's a bit of a dick sometimes. Oh yeah, he's a bit of a. I'm like, oh, and you, but you, I didn't realise that at the time. And right. now I, and sometimes it's really difficult to un sort of think that and see that. I'm like, why is he just being so horrible to Joe and Liz? You know, Liz, you mustn't. Or Joe, you stupid. Sarah, get off that mandala. You know, all that kind of stuff. It, I, I, I mean, I don't know. So, so does that extend to the era as a whole? Then you're like, oh, you used to love it, and also, now you don't. Just, or... Yeah, I think so. And so, sort of unit in the Brigadier. I'm I have a too... feeling. I have a feeling when you watch this through to watch who you're going to reevaluate this and love it. I just I don't Maybe. know why. In my gut, I just feel that is the way you're going to go with this. I don't know, maybe. I think if you watch it sort of as an era, like a whole season, maybe you get into it and you've got the, you know, the unit family and everything. But if you just watch the odd story here and there with other eras of Doctor Who, mm -hmm. I don't know. He just, he just comes across as a bit of a too know it all and a bit too ah. Oh, I don't know. He's just not Doctory sometimes. He's just a bit of a dick. But then also, I can't um, sometimes distinguish. Sort of John Pertwee in the third doctor. Oh, okay. I feel like yeah, I'm watching yeah, yeah. John Pertwee. Well, you are. Being John you are, aren't you? Like, like really, this is this is where basically uh, the actor and the character are pretty much the same thing. But then it's in, when he's first started um, in season seven. There was this whole thing that this was his first sort of proper acting role as a doctor. Mm -hmm. And it, but then as it goes on, by the time you get to here, it, yeah, it definitely is just John Pertwee. But I don't get that with Tom Baker. When I see Tom Baker, that's the Doctor. I can distinguish that. I feel like John Pertwee is more John Pertwee being a, than Tom Baker sometimes. It's interesting because a lot of people doing these uh, commentaries have talked about the Doctors that they've met, like in real life, the actors. And I've heard like wonderful stories. You told me some as well. Like, it's really wonderful stories. The only actor I've heard relatively like negative experiences about it's John Pertwee. Uh, but I saw, I, I mean, I've never met him. I've seen sort of convention videos and stuff. And yeah, I mean, I'll, I don't, I'd be scared to meet him, actually. I would think he's a bit of a... Probably quite intimidating. I don't know. Yeah. And then uh, it, get, it just gets mixed up with the third Doctor for me sometimes. And I mean, it's all a bit... broke uh, Simon Hart, who has done a few of these, who's literally like pure sunshine, yeah? John Pertwee mm. pretty much broke his heart when he refused to assign something for him. But, okay, uh, but I want to spin this around because uh, I freaking adore this era. I love this Doctor. I find him very, um, I don't know what the right word is, very, it's a very stable period of the show, and he's like the most stable thing in it. And I think this was a time when Doctor Who was potentially going to be taken off the air, and he came in and he gave it a massive stability. And, and I think if it wasn't for John Pertwee, it may not have gone on beyond the 70s had they cast somebody else in series seven and that hadn't been a success i don't know i think we've quite we've got quite a lot to thank him for and at his best 
he is really charming and really funny, but you kind of have to get through his worst to see him at his best. Yeah, I'm, I agree that he has moments, but I, yeah, that's the thing. I don't think I can get past some of his other just not grouchy. I don't know. He's just grouch, grouchy and just, oh, I know this. Well, Even in this scene here, he's like, yeah, I know. He's going to investigate and everything. But in a little while, he, he sort of already knows. He's like, well, I know. I, I'm the most intelligent person here. I know all this. In a minute, you're right, always... when uh, that blob comes out of the drain and they're in Bessie, and he's literally yeah. like, Joe, do as I say! Like, he's exactly. like, he's like, really, exactly. like, horrible to her. Yeah. Oh, this oh. is good. The, um, so, um, is that Mr. Ollis trapped in there or his thing? Yeah. So is he stuck inside an X-ray? This is basically think, like yeah. the prequel fear here, isn't it? Like. Yeah, that's Chloe. Yeah, Chloe Webber's around here somewhere. She's <laughs> she's been colouring in in Let's the unit lab. The Isolus would be scarier than the gel guards. <laughs> I love you, Mr. Ollis. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I want to see the prequel film. <laughs> I love you, Mr. Ollis. Oh my god, what is that coming out the drain? Oh, it's not the best effect, unfortunately. It's a ruddy grape jelly. But in the um, in the book, right, Terence Dix describes it as like loads of like liquid. You know what's that liquid? That silver liquid, quicksilver, like all kind of. Mm. All, and is there's like hundreds of blobs, and they're all sort of coming together to form this terrifying shape. And then that's what we got on screen. And then you get that. Although mm. to be fair, this is probably a new video um, effect that they're probably trying out you know barry letts has been like oh this has been invented let's bring it on to doctor who and can i just say i love barry letts in this era he is the best producer i i feel well, doctor who. and i'm gonna say i think terence dix is the best script editor as well so oh, that that team yeah on, on when i was all on the um dvd extras when barry letts comes up i'm like he just talks sense yeah he his um his autobiography he's i've got the audio of him reading it it only goes up to sort of beginning of season eight but it's amazing and him dealing with john pertwee i mean i, I love um, how honest barry lettuce is because uh he tells a story in that autobiography <clears throat> john pertwee tells a story about in planet of the spiders how uh one of the vehicles didn't stop and took out a camera and nearly took out a cameraman and he's he's recounting this story in his autobiography and he said yeah he's lying that never happened like John Pertwee's elaborating that story, and uh, yeah. I think I mean, that's, just, that's worth yeah, noting, it just, isn't it? That in these conventions, take it all with a pinch of salt because they want to sell tickets and they want to be like entertaining. But I find on the commentaries that Barry Letts does, yeah, he's very fair, and if so, he's like, "Well, we tried this, it didn't work," or "I wanted to do this," um, and I think that brings the stability in the, this mm. this era. For sure. Um, and I think and I still, honestly, to this day, I'm like, what would Barry Letts do? If there's something at work, or I'm like, there's a situation, I'm like, okay, oh, what would Barry Letts do in this situation? I swear. Do you, I do you I genuinely do Letts. that? That is the cutest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of what would Brian Boitano do, it's like, what would Barry Letts do? What would he do? What would he do? What, what, what fair thing how would he sort the situation out there's a glorious story on the carnival of monsters commentary where the woman who plays you know the the girl on the ship oh yeah she's talking about a production that she did with barry Letts um later on where her and liz saden had scenes together and barry Letts was directing and it wasn't working at all right 
And uh, they went home and Liz Sladen and her had a conversation over the phone. They said, well, let's just let's try it this way. Let's go to Barry and ask to try it this way. And they went into the studio the next day and said, look, this isn't working. Can we try it this way? And he was livid. Like his 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 um, directorial ability was being questioned. <clears throat> so they said, look, be angry, but just just have a look. And he they did it. And halfway through, he broke into a massive smile and he went, I'm just an idiot. It's absolutely amazing. Like he's also a man who could take feedback, you know, and 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 work with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I find that yeah, yeah. on the on the interviews and on the extras and stuff. Well, I yeah. think with Barry Letts, it's what's good for the show, what sells the show the best. Like yes. Whereas like you yeah, go skip forward to J and T's time, and it's like, well, what sells me the best? You know, yeah. I think is what he thought. But then yeah, well, and John Pertwee's <laughs> like that, isn't he? Yes. In terms of because didn't he? I mean, I know we're skipping ahead a bit. But I'm sure they were going to have some companions with the second Doctor in this. Yeah. And it was, John Poe was like, no, I'm the star. We can't have too many other people in well, this. And all those Radio Times picture stories about yeah. uh, how Roger Delgado was in front of him. So people thought he'd taken over. So when they did the publicity shots of this, they made sure he was like center. And... Yeah. I, mm, that's, that's, the, and that's the sort of, you have those traits in the third doctor and then they get mixed up with john pertwee that's what i mean and it all goes a bit no, because i think i think the more deaverish people are the more i just love them so <laughs> i love that stuff you know tom baker you know being an, an absolute arse on set i'm just like oh yeah go for it <laughs> i mean it's awful it's awful don't get me wrong but the stories are great <clears throat> oh it's joe um, can I just say that uh, I will be meeting Katie Manning for the first time in a few months. Yay. Um, I will also be, be an experience. I should also be meeting <laughs> someone else for the first time who I'm having a podcast <laughs> with right now. Yay. <laughs> oh, my God. You see those taps there? Those kind of oh, yeah. those in my science lab at school, they were just like that. Yeah, same. Yeah, we, we used I to always them. turn the gas taps on, right? And then we'd have a lighter and we'd make flames from the <laughs> from the gas taps. <laughs> okay, so the brigadier in the laboratory. How interesting. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, okay. Are you ready for this? Here we go. The most fearsome monsters in all of Doctor Who. Dun 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 <gasps> dun 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 <laughs> they're disappointing aren't they i mean and, and you think okay this is the anniversary story you'd think they would try you know really pull out budget what do you, what do you mean? on something what do you mean disappointed what do you mean not pulling out the stops what's wrong with those they're great fabulous birthday jellies they just don't work, do they? No. I mean, I don't want to be too negative. But... <clears throat> um, no. But, but I think what else? How? What would you do? I mean, they could. I don't know. It could be anything. I suppose it's what's described in the script, and then someone's gone. Oh, okay. In the commentary, That's, Katie uh... Manning just does starts going blah 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 and doing impressions of jellies. But you know, they could have, you know, covered put a bit of smoke around or something and tried to hide. You know, tried to hide the fact a little bit you know or well, i'm gonna put a positive spin on this okay because i think what this does <clears throat> whilst they are um, absurd in the extreme is uh it shows the, the the sheer acting ability of everybody else to act terrified of them 
Okay. Oh, look, yeah. They're kind of like joggling up and down, aren't they? Like, <laughs> they don't even move right. They could. Yeah. They, they need to get people in there that. I mean, they could have just had a giant ball and just pushed some balls down. I mean, there's no difference. That would be that would be a bit like the prisoner, though, wouldn't it? Well, I'd rather have that than these things. Do you know, I I, I uh, went on a date once, you know, and someone turned up. They looked a bit like one of those gel guards. <laughs> it was one of the few ones where I escaped out the toilet window. Oh, no. <laughs> OK. Oh, I want to ask you about the Brigadier in this. Because um, I hear a lot of people say this is like the Nadir of the Brigadier, i.e. he's used entirely for comic relief. Like he used to be um, a character of like some dramatic weight. But now he's just, you know, oh, it's Chroma. Oh, oh, you're not the Doctor. Oh, this is what you've been doing with unit funds. Like, what do you think about this? I mean, oh, I sound like I'm not that big a Brigadier fan in the first place. <gasps> Get off like, this podcast. I mean, he's great. You know, part of the you know the regular team here, great. But um, yeah, maybe that's why. Maybe yeah, he's a little bit. He is a bit silly in this. I'd rather him a little bit more in the background. Just oh. yeah, all the chroma stuff. It is. It is silly. It is silly. I agree. Thing about Nicholas I sort of season seven brigadier actually. Yeah, honest. so that's what a lot of people say. Not yeah. so comfortable with the. Mm -hmm. Well, not. Do you know what I mean? He's he's just yeah, he is. He's that team member. He's going to be there and have these comments. He turns up for these comments and then sort of goes away again and doesn't really do anything else. I'd rather him early brigadier. I'm going to fight you on this again. I, I think you and I are going to be in disagreement on this one. <laughs> because I think Nicholas Gaunt is is a really strong comic actor. Like. Like he has a way of saying jokes with a straight face, a bit like um, Tom Baker says, it's a bit like Arthur Lowe from Dad's Army. Mm. Um, and do you know what? It is a disappointing characterization, but I think he sells it because he's just a really oh, funny actor. He is a great actor, yes, but the character I mean, uh, recently just watching The Invasion with, with him in, oh, yeah. it's completely different to yeah. this by this point now. I think I prefer that earlier. Brigadier there. That's a now. Um, I've got a question for you about. We've just skipped to Gallifrey now, and we appear yeah. to be on the set of Backaday. Um, <laughs> what do you have to say about that? Is, is this, this is well? We haven't seen the Time Lords since the War Games. That's true. Um, they're just all a bit. I mean, all this Gallifrey stuff. I mean, I never find it interesting. A lot of this Gallifrey stuff. Whatever. Like, do you never? I uh, see. I don't really like Gallifrey stories either. Even like all the talking deadly assassin. Oh no, Mark! I'm starting to wonder if you're a Doctor Who fan. You know? <laughs> no, I sound really. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, what about then? What about the big ideas in this? Like, surely you can get behind that. It's a black hole that's sucking the energy of the entire universe. Oh yeah, that's yeah. I'm behind that. <laughs> they can't real. They can't realize it in any way, shape, or form. But it's a big idea. I believe one of these time lords was in the war games. I think it's that man there. I, yes, I think. Yeah, the one. Well, the one without the necklace. He's the one who, uh, when when they talk about grabbing the doctors, he looks straight at the camera and goes, "But you can't!" Like really dramatically. <laughs> although, although this set, I mean, it is very, you know, like in the war. I could see this in black and white in the war games. It's no different. Yeah, that's true. It that's does true. fit in. What do you imagine those time lords at the back are up to? Temporal monitoring? 
Oh yeah, you know, yeah, just checking, you know, just checking everything's all right. They're Take just like to the black hole. He's just looking at the timeline now, going, okay, so Joe and Mark are doing a commentary on three doctors. <laughs> yeah. They're being very rude about us and all of our stories. But the, but the idea, I'm so glad they had the they got to this point where they were like, let's have the doctors meet again. That's yeah. Barry Let's. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think he said like lots of people were writing in saying, why don't you do this? But what if what if they'd done this in season six and they'd had the two doctors with patrick Troughton and william hartnell yeah william hartnell would have had a couple of years rest he wouldn't have had to do just too much his his memory probably would have been a bit better he would have been a bit uh, that would have been good that would have been good it's a shame that it just took that extra couple of years too too long um, can I just say one thing though? Those if, um, publicity, publicity photos of the three of them when yes. you know yeah. out in the park. Oh, you know what? I would love, I would love to know what they talked about. <laughs> so they're smiling or whatever, you know, with William Hartnell and these guys. Oh, I wish there was like video footage of that. Of I think them I could on probably, the lawn I there, could probably do it. You probably, you probably got um, Trout and going, you know, like oh well. Should we just get on with this? This is yeah, let's just do this now. I'm not really much for publicity. And you've got John Pertwee going, no, 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 light me better. Like I, I need my best lighting. And then you've got Hartnell going, well, who are you two? You know. Oh, sorry, that's yeah, awful. I would just, I love, I love, I just need to know. You look so happy. I just want to know them, them having a chat. If I could see that on video, that would just be amazing. Even it, it's a shame they don't even have like the film of. The stuff they filmed with William Hartnell, like the sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, now, like like later on, the confidential style, they would they would be recording all of that, wouldn't they? Like behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, yeah, and you don't you only really see him up on the screen here. It doesn't really cut to the actual full screen of William Hartnell. You don't get. Yeah. I just want just a little bit more. It would have been amazing to have that. Oh, I have to say, Patrick Charlton has joined the action, and automatically the story has improved yeah oh yes absolutely he's just he's just back straight into it the joy of this story for me the real joy is pertwee and trowan bantering oh yeah that yes absolutely if they you know if they didn't have that sort of relationship i mean yeah this story would just be so much more bland Although I've heard people comment that whenever Troughton returns to Doctor Who, it's less the character that he played during his time, and it's more a bit of a parody of it, like how people remember it to be. And I think there's probably some truth to that. But Troughton's good enough that he'll just sell the material anyway. Oh, yeah, I've not noticed that, especially here in The Five Doctors, I don't think. Are we watching The Five Doctors? Oh, here and the five doctors. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, yeah. Here and the five doctors. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Look at this. I love the fact that they've taken out that entire wall. <laughs> it reminds me of when that tree goes through the wall in um, the Christmas Invasion. Yeah. Oh, imagine if this was the five doctors, and you had like, you know, the Joe Martin Doctor turn up. Oh, <laughs> and John Perry was like, "Who are you?" You've just lost us like <laughs> half our audience now, Mark. You've mentioned something imagine from the Chibnall it, era. Imagine if, right, Barry Letts was like, right, we're going to do this celebration 10 years. It's going to be called The Timeless Children. <laughs> and the master's going to turn up. Gallifrey's destroyed. <laughs> imagine that would be. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've got to tell you this, right? So uh, I did a Flight for Entirety episode recently about the lodger. And you know how they do the contact scene in that where he headbutts him? 
And I was like, yeah. imagine if back in time, that was how they did it. And you've got John Pertwee and <laughs> Patrick Trout like busting each other's heads all the time. It'd be freaking hilarious. Oh, I just love Patrick Trout. <clears throat> and do you know what? Think of the possibility of this then. You want a what if? Patrick Troughton and Katie Manning. That would be fun. Oh, they'd be that the most be... adorable combination you've ever seen. Yeah. That would be amazing. I'm thinking like he's like, Although... I may call you Joe, mayn't I? <laughs> oh, here he comes. Had Jamie in this, though. Uh, well, he was going to be, wasn't he? Yeah, he should have. I don't, is that why they've sort of put Benton in the TARDIS with them because they've got one less person? Well, I think that's that's exactly it. That that was Jamie's part, and then mm. they redid it for for Benton. But I mean, thank God they did because it gave John Levine fabulous chance to tell uh, convention anecdotes. Mm. Is this see, the most Benton's been? I mean, I mean, he's been. Oh yeah, he's on the demons and stuff by now, hasn't he? So he's he is a fair. Yeah, regular. I'd say this is probably the story where he gets like the most to do. Mm. And you know, like of all the stories as well. Like, well, yeah, I mean, well, actually, all you can say of all the stories, why does he have to be in it so much? But um... very true. <laughs> I love the fact that partner pops in and he's like, "Look, just just stop messing around, you little kids. This is what you got to do." Yeah, it it works so well. I, I'm so glad they managed to fit something for him to do but it's so weird like he's got that that musical cue like ding 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 every time <laughs> yeah. he, it's a bit like those bracelets in blake seven you know whenever they use the teleport and it's like you can always count on dundee simpson oh i like this hard luck can i see what have been a point He's so naughty. Oh, Joe. Whoa. That was riveting. 